listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners. My name is Jeff White and joining me today is Carmen Perry. Carmen, how are you doing, sir? I am doing well. I'm look, I'm excited for today's show. I know. And we always say that, but you know, now we're uh, we're going to uh, give our listeners an opportunity to hear from members of the Kula team. Yeah, yeah. I guess, uh, folks, you should know that, um, well, Jeff and I took a hard look at our capabilities uh, as, uh, as, as owners of this agency and realized that we mostly don't know anything. <laughs> and then it's better if we could get the people to actually do the real work around here on the show. And, yeah. uh, uh, but in all seriousness, I think uh, just really... Uh, it's just, um, I think it's exciting to uh, uh, to showcase uh, a, a bit of the, the folks and the thinking that we have here at, at Kula, and uh, and along the way, uh, hopefully, um, uh, give our audience some uh, some tips and tricks that can uh, uh, help them in their day to day. Absolutely, um, yeah, and I'm really looking forward to our guest. Uh, so joining us today is Luke DeRoche. Luke is our front end architect here at Kula Partners. Welcome to the Kula Ring, Luke. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on here. I gotta say, I wanted Jeff to call say your last name is Desrochers. <laughs> it's I've I've heard uh, many different ways, so um, it's it's all good. I mean, I, it's it's been butchered a few times in my time, so uh, yeah. <laughs> A name like uh, Desroches from uh, the um, plain de from, Calgary from the from the yeah from the uh, <laughs> from, from the plains of uh, Canada. Uh, it's easy to see why the last name could get uh, butchered a few times along the way. Yeah, I don't speak any French, so uh, yeah, that's probably the only the special Ukra- the special Ukrainian French. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, we won't quiz you on any uh, borscht recipe or anything like that today. I could uh, get one for my mom if you need. You know, that might be good. That would be good. Yeah, yeah. just uh, make a note of that yeah. for later. <laughs> for later. <laughs> but for now, uh, I think what we're going to – first off, um, uh, before we dive into technical SEO and, and, and core web vitals and, uh, and, and kind of peel that back a bit, uh, Luke, why don't you just uh, maybe introduce yourself to the, 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 the audience here and let them know a little bit about you. Yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, I'm Luke. I've been at Cool Partners for, um, geez, quite some time now. I can't even, uh, I can't even count the years. But um, we have front end architect here. So, you know, my job is, you know, aside from, you know, doing actual front end development, building websites, is also just sort of trying to oversee how you know front end development is done here and trying to um, kind of steer us in the right direction because you know the web and front-end development it, you know it evolves so much that it is really difficult to keep up with so um so that is part of my job is just keeping up trying to keep up with all of that um which i guess is kind of takes us to this topic today with um core web vitals and just how it's now playing into web performance and seo all of that so um so, yeah, I'm quite excited. And, and if it's difficult for you to keep uh, on top of, then just imagine. I mean, I, I, like you're in it every day, um, elbows deep. Um, meanwhile, our, you know, our listeners, um, you know, basically, you know, SEO is one thing that they need to be mindful of or be aware of and help uh, 
marriage yeah. along the way. And it, and it and it keeps getting more technical too. It's not even really the realm. It's not always the realm of marketers to understand SEO anymore. It really requires, mm. you know, developers who get how the structure of the things that they're building can impact the quality of the end user experience. Mm. For sure. I mean, in the past, it was, you know, make sure you're using H1s and and when keywords were still a thing and meta descriptions and, you know, some of those things are still valid. But um, but yeah, over the years, um, you know, Google, we speak about Google because, you know, there are other search engines out there, but Google is definitely still leading the way. Um, they have been pushing more towards, you know, putting more priority in how that site is actually built and how it performs. And, um, and as the years have gone on, it's just the importance of that is it's just more and more important. And it's now playing a role in actual search rank. So, um, so yeah, definitely you're right. It is, it isn't just marketers. It's, you know, developers need to be, or ought to be fully involved in that SEO conversation. Yeah, let's let's get into the specifics here because I know. Um, look, I, there's there's some discussion at least about, of course, site speed impacting search rank and things of that sort. And I think a fair number of people maybe you know at least know that in some way, shape, or form. And um, and some of that's driving conversation around deployment of headless CMSs and things of that nature in mobile environments and what have you. But um, I. Google is, uh, I think, just now, at the time of launching this episode, is just um, releasing essentially uh, a a renewed emphasis, if you will, on these core web vitals, correct? Yeah, so they've been talking about it. um, I think um, there's an article from, I think, last May. So they start to introduce it and be like, okay, this is, you know, these core web vitals are a thing that, you know, web developers need to start thinking about. but yeah, they just just this month, I believe it is now actually something that they are um, considering when ranking your site. So in addition to you know all those things like on-site SEO and, and content and whatnot, they are now considering these web vitals, which is really their way of, I suppose, grading your site's user experience. Because for a while now, it's been very important that you have a fast website um, for a number of things. You know, if, if users are bouncing from your page, obviously that's going, Google is going to ding you for that and it's going to affect your rank. So ensuring that your site loads fast is very important. But you could still have a fast website, but a poor user experience. Like just because you have a fast website doesn't mean users love to use your website. So this, these core web vitals are really the answer to that. Now it's Google's way of, of grading user experience, but I, I think you know, it is a tough thing to grade. I mean, you know, good user experience is like good design. Like everyone sort of has a, an opinion on design, right? Like there is obviously, you know, there's, there's obvious bad design, but it is still something that is, um, to a certain extent, subjective. And the same goes for, for experience on a website. Um, I may enjoy using a site that someone else doesn't enjoy. Um, but it's interesting, these, these three, they are these core web vitals, but basically they're just metrics, these three metrics that they've come up with to measure your site's user experience. Um, I could just dive into them if you if you'd like me to. 
Yeah, yeah, let's yeah, go through them. Yeah, why don't we talk about the uh, what the three of them are, and then uh, we'll unpack how each one... Because really what they're doing is using these as an indicator of what they think is actually happening. At the, and, and it's interesting because, I mean, a lot of people, when they think of user experience, they think of, you know, what the visual design looks like, you know, what the, the overall interface looks like. But, you know, design is code and code is design. And, you know, all of these things impact the user experience probably in ways that most people don't understand so or realize. Oh, for sure. You, you, you could have a beautiful design and but it's still a poor experience. Like when it's actually implemented, um, there could be loads of issues with that, um, that design when it's actually implemented in code. So yeah, these are uh, the three core web vitals as they name them are largest contentful paint, first input delay and cumulative layout shift. Now, so I'd like to thank Google for naming these with really easy to understand terms. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So largest contentful paint, like what does that mean? Basically what it is, is it's Google's way. So the largest contentful paint element is essentially the largest element that Google is seeing when it when it sees your page, when it what it sees on that first initial viewport view. Now, typically, that largest contentful paint element would might be like a banner image. Um, it could be the the actual banner heading. So if if on if on your device, whether it's mobile or desktop, because it, it checks these things at different sizes too. Like what the largest contentful paint element on desktop isn't nece won't necessarily be the same on mobile, but it's just that largest element, and it chooses that because it's assuming that that largest element is important to. It, it's sort of the most important thing that the user is seeing at that point. Um, so if it is a hero banner and the largest contentful paint element is that banner image, then you're essentially being graded on how optimized that image is. So if that image is taking a long time to load, um, you're probably going to have a poor largest contentful paint score. And, and I think it's worthwhile just because um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of terminology in there. Um, so it's worthwhile, you know, discussing what you know what a viewport is so effectively that's the space that you can see so you know the above the fold um, yeah to the top of the browser you know what is actually being you know what are you able to interact with and see as as the page renders right yeah it's just there yeah you nailed it there it's so much more important to to make that initial view that the user is likely going to see. So if a user goes to your page on, on their mobile device, that, that, that initial viewport view that above the fold, um, getting that to load as quickly as possible is, is so much more important now. And that's, and that's where these, these three metrics play into. Um, yeah. If you want to substitute above the fold for, for that, that, that's a good, um, that's a good comparison. It's a, I think it's interesting. You said uh, you know, Google assumes it's important, <laughs> um, and uh, you know, it's so often not the case. I mean, how many times have you seen a website that 
the largest contentful paint. Is that, did I say it correctly? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, is this background image that is nothing. It's like, I don't know, a shot from a trade show um, uh, aerial view or something. And it's just <laughs> like it's spanning, um, you know, taking up a bunch of uh, uh, bandwidth to serve up that image. And then they're just laying over. You know, layering copy over it, and it's not really doing anything or serving much. It's a but at, at the same time, I think what they what they're I don't know. I mean, it could be argued that what they're trying to push to is you know, guys, let's get away from these big useless images and actually get something that is valuable to the user in that viewport right away. So you know, let's let's try and size down these great big banner images and instead, you know, get some copy in there and maybe a smaller image and, and some other things and load that stuff fast, fast, fast. And because that's what the user is actually looking for, you know, they don't necessarily need to see a, a great big background graphic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're able to go that route with, with the design, you know, that's definitely, you're going to have a lot more success. There are things in development that you can do to, you know, optimize that that if it is an image optimize that image to load um fairly quickly i mean you could serve up smaller sized images um you can make that image you can prioritize when that image is downloaded by the browser so there are things that you can do um but yes if if you could rethink your design so that it's not you know so it's not just focusing on that big image or that image that's taking up the majority of the that viewport the what the user is seeing when they when that page first loads then definitely you're going to have a lot more success with this this metric one quick question um do um do carousels impact that at all or is there a neg an additional negative impact of carousels or is it really only the first image that the carousel is loading that's the concern i think it's just you know it's just it's focusing on that initial view. So if that initial view is just that first image, um, I mean, carousels certainly have other negative impacts, um, but for this particular metric, I would think that it's just that that first image, because it, of course, right when you first load the page, you're just seeing that one image, you're not seeing the other images until um, the user starts scrolling through that carousel or if the carousel automatically starts scrolling through. Well, and I think that's where, you know, the word paint comes into play here, because when they say paint, what they mean is what draws on the screen the very first time it loads. Exactly. So, you know, the carousel is going to have an impact to the overall page size because it has to download all the additional images or videos or whatever else goes in there. But and that is going to have an impact on site speed, but it's not going to have as much of an impact on the painting of the page. Yeah. And at least that would be my interpretation. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, those other things are still still just as important. Exactly. If you're loading a carousel with 10 different images or 10 different slides, like, of course, that's definitely going to make your page a lot heavier and it's going to negatively affect your performance in other ways, probably. Uh, everybody should know that beating up on carousels is a, 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 a tradition <laughs> here at Cool Partners. Uh, we rarely found a carousel we couldn't hate. Um, <laughs> so uh, let's go into the, uh, I guess, um, uh, core web vital number two. Sure. Um, so the, the second one that I, I noted is, is called first input delay. And really what they're measuring is when the user 
takes their first action on the page, for example, if they try to click or, or tap a button, is there any sort of, of delay to the browser responding to that action? Um, if there is 300 milliseconds or more of a delay, Google is going to consider it poor for that particular metric. Now, an example would be, so if you, in your hero banner, if you had a button and it wasn't just a regular button with uh, uh, that linked to a page, it was some sort of fancy button that used JavaScript and because, you know, developers, they do silly things. Um, if there was some, if there was an issue with that JavaScript loading and the user clicked that button and it didn't do anything for, you know, a few moments, then your page is probably going to get a poor poor rating for that particular metric, this first input delay. And, but this is something that you can't really, I mean, you can test for yourself just by using your page and seeing, you know, if, if you're, if you're tapping these buttons, is there a delay? If there's a delay, then you should probably fix that. But it's really something that Google needs real, real users to be using your page to, to, to fully, I guess, evaluate that, that metric. Um, the other ones like largest contentful paint, like you can use tools to, to see what that element is and then you can um, optimize it if it is an image. And then the other metric we'll get into in a second is similar to that. But this first input delay, it's, it's really, of the three, it's most dependent on real, real user traffic, I guess. And this isn't necessarily that it's not the delay on the part of the user. You know, if they wait and read some stuff before they click or something like that, it's not about that. It's more about once they interact that it's snappy and it performs well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the goal here with, with all of these is, you know, getting that initial view loaded as quickly as possible and being responsive and responsive as, you know, the user can start interacting, I guess a better word, get it as get it interactive as quickly as possible so that you know your user can start using your page as quickly as possible so if they're seeing that button and they go to tap it is there a delay um if there is then then yeah it's probably you're probably going to get a poor score for that metric and that that of course can be impacted by the page size too because if things haven't fully downloaded or you know there's a a really large javascript file that needs to load in before you can interact with the navigation or something like that like that that's going to make it so i mean you could click on something and and wait and wait and wait before it's going to happen if it's poorly coded exactly like it wherever possible if you can just rely on good old fashioned html links and buttons um rather than um, links and buttons that, that need JavaScript. Um, that's the safest bet there to ensure that you're not going to get um, dinged for this first input delay. Now, is that going to impact um, uh, you know, tracking uh, CTAs and things of that nature from marketing automation platforms? Is that uh, an additional concern? It could. I mean, it depends on how those, those, those tracking... Uh, those CTA buttons work. I believe, you know, at least looking at something like HubSpot, when you click one of those buttons, it's using JavaScript to load the button in, but once you actually click the button, it's actually sending you to a real link. Um, so at that point, it is responding, like it's sending you to a specific link on, 
on HubSpot's platform. And then from there, it's redirecting. So in that case, I believe you, you'd be fine. Um, but if other services are doing that in a different way, like if it is solely relying on, on JavaScript at that point to do that redirect, um, then yeah, it's, it's possible that you could get a poor rating for this, this first input delay. Very cool. Good to know. So what's the third one? Because it's certainly, you know, it, it plays into, you know, the, all three of these are quite interconnected, aren't they? I mean, yeah, they're all pieces. You really can't have one without the other. No, they are all pieces, like I said, to that, that initial, that initial view and that initial experience for the user, they all play um, into that. And the third one, this cumulative layout shift, which is a, a bit of a, a mouthful at times. What this is, is in, in simplest terms, is just when your page is loading, are there elements on the page that are moving around? This could be from, for example, a CTA button being loaded in by you know JavaScript and then forcing some text to get be bumped down. It could be an image that loads in and then bumps down a button. And it's really, I, I guess, the easiest one for, for anyone to really evaluate on their on their site. Like if you go to your your own website right now, if you're whoever's listening, if you go to your own website or any website and you go to load it, and if there are if you can visually see elements moving around as that page is initially loading then that is this cumulative layout shift. And the reason why this is so important is because, I mean, I'm sure you know most people have experiences where you go to, you're on your phone, you go to tap a button and all of a sudden it moves for whatever reason. Then that can be frustrating. That's frustrating for the user. So that is why this is such an important thing is just, again, the focus is to get that initial view loaded and as quickly as possible and to make it interactive as quickly as possible so that if a user is trying to interact with your page and they can't because elements are, are, are loading in at different times and things are moving around, that is just a poor experience. So this one is, it, uh, of the three, this one's the most interesting because um, like I said, anyone can, you can go right now, you can go on your phone and look at a page. And if you're trying to load the page and there, there's a button in the viewport and then an image loads in and all of a sudden that button disappears, like that is this cumulative layout shift at work. Are your digital marketing efforts bringing in too many junk leads? Stop wasting time and distracting your sales team. Account-based marketing can help give your marketing strategy the laser focus on qualified buyers that you need to increase your pipeline velocity, close more deals, and grow your business faster. We've created a sample manufacturing ABM plan to help you get started. Download the sample manufacturing ABM plan at bit.ly slash sample ABM. That's bit.ly slash sample ABM. Is, is there a, uh, uh, is it just a um, uh, indicative of, of, of poor coding or, um, are there certain CMSs and templates or something like that that may be more conducive to uh, throwing that kind of an error? I guess. Uh, I mean, it, it it certainly depends. You know, it all comes back to to the design, like we talked about with the with the largest contentful paint. Um, if you're relying on larger images, and if that image happens to be near the top 
of your layout. Um, that's, of course, going to affect this. You, you might see a button initially when it starts loading and all of a sudden the image comes in and it pops it down. So maybe it, required, it requires you to rethink how those images are being used in that, that top view, that initial view of your page. If you're using, again, these external services that load in like call to action buttons, if you're not able to load that in quickly, um, or, or if that button is above some text and it comes in and pushes a text down, um, maybe it should come after some of the content so that it's not affecting other elements that are that are in that layout. Um, so it, 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 it definitely forces you to rethink how you're designing the page based on, I guess, the, the various different elements that you are choosing to include in that initial view. Mm. And I mean, this is one of the oldest um, things that have bugged uh, front-end web developers forever is when people don't put height and width tags <laughs> on images, you know, like, because it's always been that you could tell the page what size the image was going to be so that it could leave space for the image to load into that area. And then for whatever reason, as we got into responsive design, people started leaving that out. Yeah, it was it's because... Um... It was earlier on, browsers weren't as good at, at uh, detecting that space, I, at least not in a way that scaled. Um, so when responsive design came in and you know, your images had to, to scale fluidly, yeah, it became the norm to exclude those and then just ensure that the height scaled automatically based on the width. Um, but now browsers, can actually um, de detect that the the space that an image is going to take up um, when it's being loaded in. If you include those those width and height attributes on the images, they're able to detect the aspect ratio of the image. So that if if it is at a different size, um, it knows how much space to reserve for that image loading in, and it does help with this cumulative layout shift. So it is interesting because we have come full circle in a way, you know, all images used to have the the height, width and height attributes. Then we got rid of them because responsive design and now we need them again. So, um, so yeah, it is, uh, it's interesting. And I mean, I want to go back to this one actually applies to the last web vital more around that, uh, you know, ability to interact quickly with the page, but the, the, uh, can you talk a bit about scroll jacking and swiping delays and things like that and how that can impact the user experience? Cause it's one of, it's a personal pet peeve of mine. It certainly plays into this. Yeah. So can you, can you, can you support my, <laughs> my theory that this is bad for this? <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, if that first if that first interaction is a swipe, and it it has been it is a, a thing that you know designers and developers they like to get fancy with. I guess the scroll jacking that, that you mentioned is basically overriding the, uh, the 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 browser native scrolling functionality and doing I guess cool designy things with it. I know Apple's done it quite a bit on their on their landing pages or product pages. I, I remember one where you could scroll down, but you couldn't scroll smoothly. You would scroll and then it would send you down to a certain section and then it would assemble a product and then you would swipe again and it, you weren't actually scrolling. It would just send you down the page on its, it, it, would, it would send you to where it wanted you to go on the page. So yeah, definitely if you are 
again, if that first swipe, if there is a delay um, because JavaScript hasn't fully loaded in or there's an error in that JavaScript, um, definitely, if there's a delay, it's you're going to get um, a knock on that first input delay. So uh, again, it's just, you know, try as much as possible not to interfere with with these, um, you know, with 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 good old fashioned HTML with, with browser default functionality, just, I guess, keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, thank you for supporting my pet peeve. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it is because it's not just, you know, the impact on SEO that, and, and really what Google is trying to go for here is what is the impact on user experience as we were talking about. And often when you implement those scroll jacking features so that you can control the speed or the, you know, the slowdown or, or give it, give scrolling some kind of weird gravity or whatever to focus with your page, it breaks native browser functionality. Like you can't do two finger swipes to go back. Sometimes you can't use the back button at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and those things are, you know, it, don't break my browser in order to support, you know, a, a, a flawed design idea, I mm. guess. Yeah. I mean, Aside from this metric, if someone is coming to your site and they try to to scroll down or swipe down and they can, they get frustrated and they leave, like that time spent on site, that's important. That's a whole other metric, right? How long people spend on your site is, you know, very important to SEO. So it's not even just this one metric. Like it's, you know, all of this is 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 all is all connected. I wonder. I guess it has a. It, it's it's always surprised me in some ways um, how differently uh, different companies um, value their web presence, if you will. Um, some, uh, uh, you know, understand that it's uh, uh, the purview of professionals, and that if you, uh, you know, how you how you build it matters, and and a lot of these considerations matter, and then it, it's. You know, it can be equally surprising. Sometimes you can do multi-billion-dollar global companies, and you go onto their website, and you're like, "My goodness, did you just hire, you know, somebody for five thousand dollars out of the back of their truck or something to do this website?" Um, so, putting a bit on the spot, um, I'm curious, you know, because you've you've you know had occasion to open the hood, if you will, <laughs> of a number of sites uh, that that you know that you didn't build, but you're you know you're being asked to evaluate uh, and assess their SEO performance and um, UX performance, et cetera. I guess what are what are some of the most often kind of overlooked basics that you see? Overlooked basics? Well, um, hmm. I guess. I mean, the first one, like when I go and look at a site, I like to, I mean, of course, when you can go to a site, if it takes a while to load, I mean, that that's obvious to, to anyone. Um, and so, of course, that's a that's an immediate uh, red flag. But I like to go and actually just view the source code of a page. And you can see if there are, you know, a lot of assets, individual assets, I mean, assets like the, the actual elements that are being or the items that are being loaded by the the browser so the javascript files the css files images um all of that if they're not i guess combined or 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 minified in a way um that's one because that's something that most platforms like uh, you can you can add a plugin that does that or if you're if you're on uh if you're not using a cms if you're on 
some other um, third-party platform, they should be doing that automatically. Um, but you know, that's something that's been so crucial for to web performance for a long time. I mean, is trying to reduce the number of requests that a browser is making like that's always been huge so ignoring these three here like if you're downloading you know, even if they're not large assets if you're downloading a lot of individual javascript files or css files like that is going to affect your your performance score very negatively I mean, just the age old, just images, like it's very obvious that if you see an image that it's like a two megabyte image because it hasn't been optimized properly. Um, it, it, it's common to see these images on blog posts. Um, it might just be an image just in the middle of a blog post and it's just, it's not really too important. It's just a supporting image, but it was pulled off of a stock site and, and slapped in the page and your page otherwise could be fine, but you know, you dump that, that two megabyte image in there and all of a sudden, you know, the, it's just your performance score is tanked. So, um, and that's some, and chances are you wrote that blog post to get uh, for for search benefit, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you, you optimize the headline and on and on and on. Yeah, that that's that's another thing. I mean, you could have a site that you know it's you know developers they they've they've worked tirelessly to make sure everything's optimized, all the all the assets. Um, but it could be ruined just by you know that one large image that gets added to a blog post or even a hero banner. Um, if 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 you're adding this large image to a hero banner, it goes back to that largest contentful paint um, metric, where like the rest of your site could be just just great. It could be very snappy, but you add that that huge image. Um, so that's always something I'm looking forward to because images, you know, they 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 remain kind of the biggest, you know, images, JavaScript, um, those are kind of the two biggest culprits of um, poor performance. It's just adding too much or not optimizing them. Well, and I think that's a thing, you know, because images at least are relatively easy for the untrained eye to tell if it's a big image, it may be taking a while to load it, you know, you could be watching it, you know, feed in one, uh, one line of pixels at a time or whatever, depending on your connection. But, you know, JavaScript is under the hood and uh, most people really don't know what's going on there. But, you know, over the last number of years, as frameworks have gotten more um, essential to web development and, you know, people are reusing the, these uh, libraries of files, I don't think a lot of marketers necessarily realize what's going on under the hood and don't necessarily know that there could be three megabytes of JavaScript you know, loading in seven different files that are requiring all these different connections. And, you know, that's really slowing down the site. So, you know, really the message here, I guess, is that marketers should be asking their web teams, you know, how are you handling this? Are you making the files smaller? You know, that minification you were talking about mm -hmm. and are you, you know, condensing those into a single file and ask those questions of your web developers. And if you're not getting a satisfactory answer, you know, you should maybe find out why and, and see if you can uh, get that improved because it's going to be crucial to their search performance going forward. Yeah, definitely. There are, you know, dev things that you can do to, you know, if you do have to include a lot of these, these JavaScripts, like if you are including scripts from other services, um, or if you just have a lot that you need to include, like there are things you can do to serve these 
or to, to serve these these assets up to the browser in a much more optimized way. If you just include them all on the page um, and just leave it, yeah, that's it, it, it's it's gonna it's not gonna be very good for your your performance score. But there are things developers can do to uh, to um, serve up all of this JavaScript in a much more optimized way. It does, you know, it requires a bit of effort, but it that's just the the responsible thing to do, I guess. Uh, the, I appreciate Jeff's uh, advice to marketers to quiz the front end developer. At the same time, it's um, uh, maybe I'll, I'll speak on behalf of marketers writ large is that you can really quickly feel like you're out over your skis. You know, like yeah. you know, um, it, it doesn't take a whole lot probably for you know if, if if luke wanted to completely spin me sideways uh, <laughs> uh technically and uh and, and get me confused and uh, just make me say oh yeah no luke whatever you say i mean he could do that pretty easily and i think a lot of marketers feel a little outmatched when they're having those technical conversations um I don't know that there's any tips or tricks to deal with that. I just hope yeah. that today's episode, uh, perhaps with a, you know, kind of getting into the meat of it a little bit, at least helps give folks a bit of texture and maybe they can feel a little bit more confident as they ask those questions. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I, I hope if there's one takeaway, it's just that, you know, the, the experience, how that site functions is is so much more important now since it is actually, you know, part of um, how Google is ranking pages. And, you know, a lot of that does fall on the developers. Like the site needs to be built with that in mind. It can't just be, you know, we, we built this, you know, we have a pretty design and we built it and it works. Like, okay. And it can't just be, it can't just be, we built that site and, you know, it, it loads fast um, because we installed all these plugins. Mm, great. You know, that's one part of it. But, you know, the experience is um, is just as important. And uh, I know we're running uh, long on time here, perhaps a little bit, but I, I mean, I just want to get this out of my head. It seemed a lot of what we've talked about is like how the how you know, frankly, as a as a marketer, you can you know go on the site and you can maybe see some of this poor poor performance yourself. Um, uh, and Jeff alluded to it, well, kind of in some ways it depends on your browser speed too, right? Or your internet connection. Um, uh, and, you know, we're in a world now, a lot of people have 5G, you know, very, very, very fast broadband connections. I think the ability for um, people to diagnose this just visually when they load a site, it has to be getting, has to be going away a bit. I mean, isn't it getting harder in some way to 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 see these impacts because of the speed of uh, of broadband and connectivity these days? Yeah, I mean for sure, as everything speeds up, um, those you know being able to easily spot you know slow slow overall page load time definitely becomes more difficult. I mean this this third metric, this core web vital, this cumulative layout shift. Like I said earlier, like if you go on a, a page, it's pretty obvious to you can see if things are moving around um, on that page as it loads in, that's, I think, a, a pretty easy one that, that really anyone without, you know, any technical knowledge can go on there and just say, okay, like, why is all of this bumping around? And then, you know, that's, that's a question. Anyone can ask that really, it, it doesn't really matter. It, the cause of it could be, you know, tech, there could be technical reasons likely for that, but 
really anyone can can raise that question. They can go on their site and be like, why is this loading in and pushing all this down? What can we do to fix that? And are there any other like third party tools or something that perhaps we would recommend people if they wanted to check their site more thoroughly that they could use? I mean, PageSpeed, I'm sure most people have have used um, just it gives you, you know, PageSpeed is a tool. So it's it's not actual like users using your page or, or data based on users using your page, um, but it will give you a, a rating for I believe largest contentful paint is on there and so is cumulative layout shift um, again page speed you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because you know it could test your site and it, for whatever reason the tool could have been slow and then you get a very poor rating and then you try it again and all of a sudden oh you get a decent rating um, so you just need to keep that in mind as you're as you're using that tool um, but as they've rolled out these core web vitals, if if you're using Google Search Console, um, you can actually go in there, and it should be you should you should have a section called Experience in the sidebar. And if your site has enough traffic, and I, I said because the 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 data that it's showing here is based on real user traffic, um, but if you have enough traffic on your site, it should it'll show you actually it'll show you these these core web vitals and it'll highlight errors um, so if you have pages that are are being graded poorly for example the cumulative layout shift it'll show you um, and it'll say okay this this page took more than half a second or 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 this page they had more than half a second of layout shift for example um, and then there's also a page experience section and it'll show you, you know, it'll 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 show exactly the the how your I, I guess give you grades for for the core web vitals, but also the other um, search ranking signals that they have, like mobile usability. Um, if your site is using HTTPS, if there are security issues that um, Google is picking up, so. So if you have Search Console, you can go in there and see the numbers for those things. Again, if, if your site has enough traffic, and yeah, it, it tells you right there exactly, you know, if, if it is failing, if you are getting poor scores, it'll tell you exactly what the, the URLs are and at least give you a suggestion for how to, to fix those issues. And uh, maybe give the marketer a bit more confidence in having that conversation with yeah. the development team too. <laughs> if you have Google some... says it's broken. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, because search search console for a while has been you know uh, something that that marketers have been using in tandem with analytics. Like you can hook up search console with an analytics property, and then it feeds more data into analytics. Um, but yeah, now that core web vitals are are so much more important, and they're part of rank. Um, these these additional sections that they added to Search Console, I think, would be very helpful for for anyone if they just want to get that, you know, that that general kind of view of how their site is performing with user experience in mind. Um, that would be a place to go to check it out. Awesome. Well, well, I think that's a great place to leave it. Yeah, I really enjoyed this uh, this chat. Thanks so much, Luke. No problem. I enjoyed it as Good. well. It's been great having you on the show. All right, All right. thanks. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.